Verse 27, so that he might present the church himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be what? Holy and without blemish. Let me tell you, husbands, your role is to make your wife holy by the washing of the word. 28, in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves what? Himself. Right? There's no insecurity here, guys. 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh. Can I get a witness there, right? I know this for football boys. How do I know this? Because when they go in the weight room, they skip the bench. They skip the, the, the military press. They skip the squats. You know where they go to? Well, you get the biggest mirror, Hawaiian, right? I mean, they love their flesh, right? And, all that, and in, in Hilo High, we get this straight mirror. It was there since 1950. I don't know. And all that. Yeah, this straight mirror, right? It only shows up here, right? And so all the boys want to show their traps, eh? and all that. And in my mind, even like selfie pictures, you know? I said, oh, you ladies and guys, you know? You guys always show your face and your top half. Can you show the whole body, please? <laughs> right? I mean, back in the day, we had these sisters that used to do uh, butterflies on the back. You guys remember that? They tattooed butterflies. That was the thing back in, back in the new millennium when I was going to school. Right? They used to do all that, and then they had like five babies later, and the bugger looked like a pterodactyl today, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't even know what a pterodactyl sound like, you know? Well, are you guys laughing? That's the reality. If you're not laughing, man, go to the Mormon church down the road if you're not laughing. Like, like, it's the reality, right? Like, like we're so consumed with our flesh. But here he said, don't, don't think about your flesh, husbands. Think about your wife's flesh. Because when, when, when you inspire her, when you wash her with the ring of the word, then, man, you see you see a great bond. He, he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Beautiful, yeah? It goes on. Right? Because we are members of his body, so therefore, everything we just read, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his what? Wife. This is the text I would say, this is why we will never live with our in-laws. Oh, so slap you in the gut right there. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one. Right? One flesh. And then he goes on, verse 32, this mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Hey, maybe, maybe the reason why women, you're not respecting your husband is because he lacks washing you in the word. There's no excuse, amen, right? But, but man, maybe, maybe, man, maybe you don't wash your wife in the word because you're not spending time in your word. And maybe you're not spending time when you're worried because you guys done your guys' relationship backwards. Look at this. Hey, listen to me. The structure of the family always begins with God. Our view of God results into our application of marriage, which would be our second structure truth. Number two, the structure of the family is marriage. 
And I want to break this down. And I want to be very gentle in how I approach you today in this because our culture may define things a different way from what we believe as followers of Christ. And so I want you to see a couple of things. Marriage is specific in union. Marriage is specific in union. Number one, marriage is approved by God. We see it in our text. God joins two together, a man and a woman. He celebrates marriage. He loves marriage because he designed it. God does not create something that he is not happy with. God designed marriage, therefore it is for your good and, and God's glory. God has unioned us in holy matrimony, right? Number two, marriage is meant to be for a lifetime. Now, I know we've all not, 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 we, we've all not done well in this. We've, some of us have failed, and so this may hurt to some of us because you have experienced a divorce, and you've ever experienced and all this. There is still hope. Can I get a witness? There's still hope. Look at this, right? I know our culture says the opposite, but God did not create marriage so that we would get out of it. God created marriage, listen to me, so that you may enjoy him. Look, divorce, I know this is not true for a few of you in this room, but there is still hope in this area. Whether you've remarried, that's a tough topic to discuss. I don't know. But what we see is marriage is not taken serious in our context because of what Adam and Eve did. They sinned. And sin affected all of mankind. Number three, we see a marriage is simply a covenant relationship. Now, because of the laws of this land, marriage is practiced through ceremonial, ceremonial means. Right? Meaning that we go to a judge or we go to a pastor and they marry us off. But in the Old Testament, there weren't traditional ceremonies in the beginning. The, the real ceremony was what we see in our text today. God got Adam, God got Eve, and made them one. Right? You know who the witnesses were? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We see it all in our text today. There weren't no, these, these, all these $50,000 money spent on your wedding. If you're spending that kind of money on your wedding, oh my goodness, right? Like, that's the reason why you're in debt today. Oh my gosh, right? You know, like, like, be very careful with that, right? Marriage is a simple covenant relationship with one another. Because, and so, whether in a church or in a, a courthouse, it's practiced to that means. Marriage is expressed through this covenant. Specifically for followers of Christ. It's a covenant with the Lord and with a man and a woman. All right? So, so look at number, number four. Marriage is between two individuals, not multiple ones. Now, in the scriptures, you see kings that have multiple partners and, and wives and all that. That was never God's design for marriage. So you see God's own people, Israel's kings, fell in this area. And they fell because they missed the mark. What is the mark? That, 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 that the structure of the family is, is begins with God. It doesn't begin because you're a king and you can do whatever you want. It begins with God. And so verse 22 says, And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her, what? To the man. It didn't say, and the ribs, right? The multiple women that he created, women he created, he joined to the man. It says, and one rib. Singular. Look at the details in our text this morning. Mark 10, 9 says it this way. Let therefore what God joined together, let no one separate. 
And when he says, let no one separate, he is not just talking about external people. He's also talking about the two individuals that are in bond together. In bond together. Look, marriage is specific in union. God gave Adam and Eve to each other for a reason. Because it reveals the unity of who he is. But God, God, listen to me, God is for marriage. And finally, we see a really tough topic that I want us to talk about. Number two, marriage is specific in opposite genders. Now, this is where a lot of Christians in America will use cultural relevancy as their authority and get away from Scripture. Now, many of us in this room, we, 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 we identify this. It is clear that the Bible it, the Bible, the biblical marriage is between one man and one woman. Adam and Eve is clearly described as both opposite genders, a man and a woman. We see it all through the text. But, uh, here's a clarity. I know this topic is a hard topic to fight for. And you know, growing up in the church, you know, you just listen to the pastor. If the pastor said that was true, then it was true. And, and, and I understand that. But I want to give a different approach today. I want to provide grace for those who are in homosexual relationships, or we have homosexual attractions, and provide mercy and grace for this. Why do why, why I want to do that? Because I want you guys to understand the opposite side of the spectrum. I don't want you just to understand one-sided truth. Right? I want you to see why people practice homosexuality. And, and here's the reality. Everyone wants to be loved. Amen? Everybody wants to be loved. And sometimes those attractions look different. Sometimes those attractions is, is, is a man with a woman. Sometimes a man with a man. And a woman with a woman. And I want to be very clear here that we do believe traditionally and, and, and conservatively that a marriage and a growing marriage in Christ is based on one man and one woman. We, we preach against homosexuality not to be mean and dogmatic, but to understand this, God designed marriage this way. I would say this, you cannot redefine what's already been defined. You cannot redefine what it's already been defined. People want to be a love in any way, shape, or form. And I would even put the pedestal that even if you're with somebody out of wedlock, that is just as bad as being a homosexual. God sees it all the same as sin. And even if your heart here is, is you saying, like getting pride, oh yeah, God, bring the hammer. And all that, that is sinful too. Our heart in this room is really to love people to the beauty of Christ. And here's what happened growing up in the church, right? The reason why we haven't done well in this area of marriage is specific and opposite gender is number one, we either don't talk about it, or number two, when we do talk about it, we talk badly about it. We don't share scriptural truths why this matters. Now, every one of us are partnered or are connected with people who practice these sinful lifestyles, and I want us to have healthy dialogues. What I don't want you to do is leave the church today and just complain, oh, this is Kahuzi, because you have a, a, a more relevant, new age thought process. I want us to have a conversation, right? I want us to, to love each other and talk story, and even if we disagree at the end of the conversation, I want us to know that we handle it with respect. And with honor. Does that make sense, church? I want to make sure that we, we love people no matter what. And here's the deal. I say, well, well God, I thought God was a loving God. Hear me out. But his love is not 
designed by your way of thinking. Right? His love has conditions. Why does it have conditions? We always say God is a loving, He's an unconditional God. They hear me out. God had condition to that love. If Christ did not die for your sins, right, you would not have love. That's what I'm excited about. Does that make sense? It was conditional. If Christ was in obedient to the cross, every one of us sinners, whatever your lifestyle is, would not inherit Christ. It was conditioned. On what basis? That Christ would die for me and you. And so God will have unconditional love for those who love him. I'm on the same page with that. Very specific. What did Jesus say about marriage? Well, number one, the reason why Jesus said that marriage is between a man and a woman because it complements one another. They are, we are different. And opposites attract. Differences fit, well, not, not just the biology of it, right? But also a husband and wife fit together in the body, soul, and spirit. The reason why God ordained a man and a woman in marriage is for sexual intimacy. Sex is a good thing as created by God, but sexual desires moves us toward intimacy with one another, uh, with, with another, and marriage is the one place God established for sexual love to occur. Such intimacy is powerful, uniting two people physically, emotionally, and spiritually together. God's desire was for a married couple to enjoy each other without fear, hiding, or shame right? The other reason why a man and a woman was ordained for biblical marriage is for reproduction. A man and a woman was created to have children. Now, some of us, the way the world is, they can't have bare children, like Lane and, and myself, but ultimately, you cannot leave the fact and the truth reality. That's why God created marriage. Number four, between a man and a woman in holy matrimony, marriage reflects the image of God. Being created in God's image means man and woman reflect different aspects of God's character, right? His justice, his mercy, his strength, his beauty, his initiation, his, the response. These complementary masculine and feminine qualities show us something about who God is. We do well together. Number five, a spiritual picture. While every person reflects aspects of the image of God, a husband and wife union is the most important picture in the Bible of how intimate our relationship with God can be. God is portrayed as the husband who loves the church. The church is a picture of his bride who responds back to him. In the New Testament, we see Christ pictured as the, the groom. And I want you to see, you guys remember that show, uh, was it Bridezilla? Anybody remember that show? Was that on TLC? You, you guys watch it? And, oh, oh the, what's, what's the other one? The, the first dress, whatever, the dress one. Yeah. You say yes to the dress. See, you guys know that. Say, women, all you women, you know what I'm saying. You know, it's, you know what's pretty crazy? We put so much emphasis on the bride. Listen to me. We put so much emphasis on the bride, right? But in Revelation, the emphasis is not on the bride. The emphasis is on the groom. You guys understand? Like our culture has it backwards. Who walks down the aisle? The woman. In the scriptures, guess who walks down the aisle? Jesus. Right? Now, I'm not saying some of you who are going to get mad. Oh, we're flipping the script now today. Let's do it. 
I'm just giving you guys theological perspective. Our culture says one thing, right? But the scripture says another thing. So where do we line up? By God's design. Are you with me? Let's practice what it means to follow Christ. And you may say, man, I'm jacked up in my life. And maybe we're jacked up because our lives don't line up with the way God designed it to be. Whatever, the heart, the emotions, the spiritualness. The reality is, right, that family and its structure is founded on God. And God is specific on that through marriage. So many would say, well, well love is love, right? Why can't two people of, the, of even the same gender just love each other and we just leave them alone and be okay? But listen to me. God designed marriage to be with one woman and one man for one lifetime. You cannot redefine what already has been defined by God. Now, now that's not saying I'm against remarriage. That is not saying that. What we are saying is that now that we know this reality, let's be obedient. Let's apply it. And for you followers who struggle with this, I would ask you one thing. Is your life based on what others have to say, or is it based on what God has to say? Marquez Clark says it this way. She says, I want my life and my marriage to look less like the world and more like Christ. In the day and an age when popular pop culture, right, has given our view of what it looks like to, fall, to live in this world, we are very prone to follow the ways of this world. And you know why it's easy to follow the ways of this world? Because it's easy. Right? It's easy to do the wrong stuff. It's easy to give up. It's easy to do uh, the, the immature stuff, right? It's easy to yell and snap at each other and cast, cuss at each other. It's easy. What is hard is to tame your tongue. Right? It's easy to spend money, right? What is hard is to save your money. Right? Especially in the most expensive place in the world, right? And no, I understand why families live together. But again, we cannot, we cannot let culture define our lifestyle. Can't even let our ethnicity, you know us as Hawaiians, define it. We have to live by God's design. And I hope you hear my heart. My heart is not to belittle you. My heart is not to belittle your lifestyle. My heart shares the same views as what God has to say. That God designed us to live in right fellowship with him. And the gospel says that man failed in the garden by disobeying God, by eating of the tree that they should have not. Now it's easy to point the finger to Adam and Eve, but if you were Adam and Eve, would you still obey God? We would disobey. Why? Because there's an adversary. His name is dev the devil, Satan. And Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Like that's his mission statement. He doesn't come to love you. He doesn't come to correct you. He doesn't come to confront you or, or comfort you. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
all but Jesus. He comes to give you life. And life more abundantly. Not a life rooted in our past, our present, or our future. But a life rooted in His gloriousness. His righteousness. And then He gives us His fruit. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience, right? Even when you like knock your cakey upside the head, right? And they deserve it, right? He gives us all that. Why? I believe God gives us the fruit of the Spirit so that we would be reminded how to act in life. Everybody hear me in this room? God give us the fruit of the Spirit so that we would know how to act in life. Love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, long-suffering. He's given us that because he knows this life sucks. And apart from him, we cannot do nothing. In fact, apart from him, we deserve hell. But the gospel is so beautiful that it, it, it's literally given us a way to, to live free and to live in comfort and to live in joy. And that's found in the person and lordship of Jesus Christ. For those of you who are married, is your marriage based on God? Is your marriage based on the truth of God's word? For those of you who are playing marriage, you haven't solidified the marriage, I would encourage you, read the text again and apply the way Christ would allow you to apply. For those of you who are in a marriage that doesn't look like the scriptures, I would say again, test the scriptures. Test your fellow brothers and sisters in this room. Let's talk story. Let's, let's vala out. Play the music. Let's talk story. You know, let, 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 let's have some honest conversations. And let God do the work that he promised he would fulfill in Jesus. Rescuing us from our thought process. And my final deal would be an action step to the married couples today. Here's four things I live by that comes out of this text. Number one, daily prayer. This works individually. If you're a single, pray daily for your future spouse. Pray for your heart. If you're married, pray with your spouse. If, if you are courting or dating one right now, I would encourage you, biblically, pray. Number two, do weekly serving and giving opportunities. Serve together. Help out your kids' sport program or PTA or whatever it is. Serve. Especially if you're part of Ohana Church, serve to the local church. Now we need qualified men and women to teach our children. We need simple things like ushers and security guards. We need so much things going on. Serve and give. We live generously, right? Live generously. Financially, in your resources, live generously. Number three, have monthly date nights, right? Have monthly date nights. I, I make it a priority that my wife and I have a couple of those in a month. Now, now it's tough because we have children like some of you in here. Who's going to watch the kids, right? That's why you need to belong to a local church. All you laugh. No, I promise. I promise, guy. Belong to a local church because that's what the family is about. The structure of the family is based on God. Therefore, God has called us to help out each other, to serve each other. Go on monthly date nights. And how, how are you going to grow with your spouse if you don't spend time with your spouse? How are you going to grow in God if you don't spend time with God? And then lastly... Have annual getaways. So for myself and Lane, last couple years, we've done this. 
We date, we try to date weekly, all right? We get away monthly, and we go on annual trips yearly. We do that. Why? Because if there's anything we can invest in, it's our marriage. You know what happens when all those kids grow up and they leave the house? Guess who you stuck with? I should rephrase them. Guess who you are gloriously partnered with? Sound like a liberal already, yeah? Right? Your vahine. Your kane. And you know what happens? And I'm waiting for that day. Those kolohe bagas we call kaimana, kainalu, kainakoa. Gonna get more opunas for me. Right? And just like granddad and granddaddy spoil them right now, hallelujah, it's my turn for coming when they got, right? There's, there's a process in this life, right? So listen to these words. Pray daily. Have weekly serving and giving opportunities. Be intentional. About, be like a waiter. I'm going to serve somebody today. I'm going to bless somebody today, right? Number three, have monthly date nights. Number four, get away. Get away. No, for real. If, 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 you, if your spouse is with you in this room, grab their hand right now. Grab their hand. Go ahead. Amen. And this is what I want you guys to do. There's a few of you here, so we got a long way to go, all right, in marriage. Those of you, I'm going to put you on the spot. Come up here, baby. All right. Everybody who's married, stand up right now. Amen. Stand up. If your spouse is with you, hold their hand. Dennis, get an excuse, all right? And everybody else, I want you to stretch your hands to these lovely couples. And this is our response today. Our response today is to encourage those who are following God's design. But our response today is also to encourage those who aren't following God's design. See the glorious of the gospel? This is what I want us to do. Couples, you close your eyes. And on the count of three, everybody else, stretch your hands. Yeah, if you buy them, touch them. Everybody else, pray out loud. And let God encourage them in the name of Jesus. One, two, three. Pray out loud. Yes, God. we honor you with our marriage we honor you with our hearts God we honor you with our life help us to live by your design help us to take comfort and refuge in the son of God who gave up his life for us that we may be redeemed to your design God we love you and we're grateful that in marriage, you show us Jesus. His penal substitutionary atonement for us sinners. Help us to live intentionally, sacrificially, and unconditionally for the advancement of your gospel. So that for what Christ, for what the Lord has put together, let no one tear apart. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's Ohana says mightily, hey.